Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Just curious, how many of you actually Googled this week uh, the Toby Mac song, Forgiveness? Nobody? That's okay. Maybe you should. It's, it's a really good song because I love that line because we all make mistakes sometimes and we all step across that line, but there's nothing sweeter than the day we find forgiveness. These four weeks, we're, we're working on practicing forgiveness, trying to do it better, trying to learn how in ways that we can learn to forgive not only others, but learn to forgive ourselves and the mistakes that we've made. And, and I hope and pray that, that you uh, pick up the book by Adam Hamilton on forgiveness. It's a great read. And I have to admit, this week was a little bit tough. Uh, there are a little bit heavier boulders to carry this week for those um, that um, are struggling with things or wrestling with things. But you know, as I was reading this and, and I was having conversation throughout the week, one of the things uh, that, that came to mind as we were reading this is that somebody needs to hear this. Uh, I know of somebody that, that needed to read these words that uh, isn't in our congregation, and I need to give them this book. Um, I know of a couple of people that, that really need to work and practice on forgiveness because, like I said last week, when we allow those things to pile up and carry with us, the stones and things that we bear weigh us down and cause us to struggle even more when we don't lay it at the foot of the cross and give it to God to let go. So this week we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about how we can work on forgiveness in our intimate relationships and in our marriages. Because that's key. If you can't do those two things well, man, you're going to struggle. And so let's go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, as the scripture is read, open our hearts and our minds and our ears Because we know that you are here. We've already heard you in the liturgy and in the music. We heard you in the beautiful words of the choir. We heard you in the laughs and giggles of the children. Lord, we know that you are here. And so come and fill our hearts with your peace. In your name we pray. Amen. The scripture lesson for today comes from the book of Colossians, uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. Listen to these words. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other, as the Lord forgave you. So also forgive each other. And over all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you were called into one body, and be thankful people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So in those relationships, whether it's an intimate relationship or a marriage, I think these rocks, these small little things, get us into more trouble than a lot of other things. 
because we allow them to pile up and we collect them and we hold on to them or we hold them over the person that has committed the small little sins. I think far too often we get angry and upset about things that really don't matter. I have to confess, and I'm in this confessing mood, that one of my biggest frustrations in our household is how my family handles the toilet paper. Because in my house growing up, we were raised to put the toilet paper on the roll thing. And it doesn't, in our house, it didn't matter which way it went. That was not the discussion. Was that when you were done and there was no more roll on the toilet paper, you put a new roll on. It's courteous for those who are going to follow you. In a house of seven people in a small one bathroom, that was kind of a necessity because you needed to know if you were out of toilet paper. So you could let mom and dad know as they were going to the store. And so I brought that with me into my marriage, that this is what you do. This is who you are. You put the toilet paper on the roll. It doesn't happen that way in my house. Uh, but, you know, I've learned to let that go. I don't hold it over their heads. I, I, I've, I've decided that there are far more important things in our house that need to get done, like the laundry. And that's my fault. Because one of my problems with laundry is that I'm really good at putting it in the washer, but from point A to point B to the dryer to being folded to being putting up, I'm still in process on working towards perfection in those areas. And so I'm notorious about I'll start a load and, and, and letting it go. If Ashley and I allowed these little things to pile up, we probably wouldn't still be together after 15 years. Because I'm notorious for little things. I struggle with little things. But we all do. And Ashley could hold those over my head just like I could hold over the toilet paper over her head. We now joke about it now. I, I have just given up that I'm going to win that argument. Because there are some things we have to let go of. There are some things we have to move on and move forward on. We can't allow them to build up. And in our intimate relationships and marriages, if we allow that stuff to build up, it doesn't just be stay one of these for very long. It can become one of these fairly quickly, which can even escalate to one of these bigger rocks very quickly if we don't learn to let go. There are some things we can do that with. Through just saying, I'm sorry, I forgive you. There are some things that are a little bit harder. There are some brokenness that, that happens, and, and that takes time and process. But when we work towards forgiveness, and we work on that, and, and we wrestle with what does that mean, and we finally say, You're forgiven, or I'm sorry. It's not something we hold on to. Healthy forgiveness means we let it go. When we make that repentance and we give it to God and say, God, I'm sorry for this, and we let it go to God, God doesn't hold on to that and, and holds it over your head for the rest of your life. Because, man, wouldn't we all be in trouble? Wouldn't we all still be dealing with those things that we did when we were kids and teenagers if we didn't give it to God? Man, if that were the case, I'm in trouble. I'm carrying a whole backpack full of large bags or large rocks if I didn't give that to God and let it go. 
in our intimate relationships and marriages, we have to, to learn that, that we have to practice forgiveness a little bit more so than we do in our normal friendships and other places. Because we're bonded together through covenant. I love today's scripture reading. Verse 13, be tolerant of each other. And if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. I love that line because that really is marriage. It's a, it's a back and forth of forgiveness. Because sometimes you get it right, and sometimes you get it wrong. And saying, I'm sorry. Or sometimes we have to say, I forgive you. And we have to let it go. But it's the same thing in our other relationships as well, that we have to have that back and forth. We have to have that honesty about who we are. And sometimes we're going to make mistakes. I have no problem admitting my mistakes. Because I've learned that in order for me not to have these build up, I have to give myself over to God and repent. Or even say, I'm just sorry for making a mistake. Because these can build up fairly quickly. And that's what happens in our relationships is that if we allow those little things to build up, those little stones build up so much that, that, that they can bring us down even more so than a big rock. In our book this week, I love Adam's advice that he gave to us. He said a key uh, to successful long-term relationships is to choose to keep track of the blessings your partner brings into life. A ledger that is weighed towards positive is a big help in letting the relationship soar. So instead of having that column in your relationship of the negatives, you know, like they don't do this and they don't do that, why not if we just get rid of that list altogether, as Adam suggested, and have a list of positives? Could you think about in your marriages those positive things, those good things, those reasons why you fell in love with that person in the first place? I love the interaction that Ashley and I have together. Just last week, we went to Stillwater, and, and we were taking the girls to the uh, Oklahoma State soccer game. And I was really excited. You know, we were going to go back to Stillwater. That's a place where Ashley and I spent a lot of time together in. And we went to the place that we went on our first date in with the girls. And as we were sitting in the remodeled um, McAllister's, because it didn't look like that when we, when we first started dating, I kind of remembered exactly why I love this woman. She let me drive. She let me drive her new car. She let me parallel park her new car. That takes a lot of trust for someone you only knew for two weeks to be able to do that sort of thing. And I let her drive my car. Mine was a standard. A lot of grace went into that conversation. And I knew then that even though that Driving a standard wasn't necessarily something that was going to make or break our relationship. It's something that we now joke about 15 years later. We need to remove those negative columns because they drag us down. But we have to admit to them. We have to look at them. We have to say, why are they negative? And there are some things that we can work on. You know, like I said, I'm working on the laundry. I'm getting better slowly. I now can move it from the washer to the dryer. Someday I'll get it out of the dryer and get it unfolded. And then someday, even better, when I move on towards perfection, it will make its way out of the dryer and put up. Someday. My mom held on to the same hope. She made it even, Ashley's made it even further than my mother. 
But these little stones, if they let them go unnoticed, they'll sink us down. And they'll bring us out of focus. Hamilton pointed out also this week that the answer, God's answer, is a process of forgiveness. That is the best way to let go once and for all. If we don't let go of that slight, each harsh word or each insensitive act is saved up and we become burdened more and more. Without forgiveness, our relationships quickly become weighed down. And he lifted up this week that there's a simple uh, process to, to get it right. It, it's, it's the awareness. It's, it's the acknowledging of who we are and what we've done wrong. That, that you, you can't move forward with anybody in any relationship until you say, I've done something wrong or where have we become broken? We can't move forward as a church until we acknowledge where we've gone wrong as a church and what we can do better. And once we do that, once we have that awareness and we realize that, that there is some brokenness in our relationships, we have that, uh, that next step, that regret and that remorse of, uh, of saying, man, I wish I would have done better, or I wish we would have done this decision, or I wish, you know, that, that remorse that sits upon us. We're sorry we made that decision. We're sorry for the hurt that we've caused. And then once we, we, we acknowledge that regret and that remorse, we can move on to confession. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And then it doesn't stop there. We have to change. We have to repent. We have to have that metanoia moment, that changing of our mind, that, that we agree not to do that thing again, or agree not to make those decisions again. There are some things that, that I've had to, uh, to say, I'm not going to do that again. There are some relationships where I've had to say, I, I forgive you, and let's agree never to do that again. Or let's never talk about that again, because obviously it's not something where we can go. We have to have change. The, the, the repentance and forgiveness, the, these are things that take effort. They, they are not just empty words if we take them seriously. And we have to practice them. And, and notice, I'm not saying you, you ever practice the art of forgiveness. It's something that you, you continually practice and work on. It's not something that you have down pat and you can say those words and, and you can go through the process without ever thinking about it. It's something you have to continue to do. Because that kind of love is the love that God shared with us. And that peace, that love, if we allow it to control our hearts, we do become one and a thankful people. <laughs> I stumbled across a story this week about um, an NBA basketball player. He, uh, he, he, it was this um, Portland Trailblazer, uh, Mo Hark Harkless. He admitted to the local newspaper uh, that a string of strong March games which helped propel the 13-game win streak could be traced back to the interaction two months prior. Harkless said, sometimes you have to look, yourse look at yourself in the mirror. And this was one of those times. Following a January road trip, the Blazers had been struggling and Harkless had lost his spot on the playing rotation. Subsequently, the team rebounded with a win against an inferior opponent. Harkless box scoreline, the dreaded DNP-CD designation, which means did not play coach's decision. When Mo looked at the video footage of himself from that night, he didn't like what he saw. 
a listless demeanor amidst teammates who were cheering and applauding from the bench. After getting the coach's permission, he interrupted the next day's practice session to apologize to his teammates for his behavior. No matter what's going on, I can't be a bad teammate. Those are still my guys. That expression of vulnerability was met with almost an instant forgiveness and respect. The bond of the team was strengthened, and Harkless experienced a resurgence in his play that earned his starting spot again. Eventually, the team chemistry resulted in a 13-game winning streak. Our attitude matters. And that weight of, that, that weight of brokenness, that weight of sin just enters into our life. And, and we become like Harkless. We become just sitting there and, and we just like, nah. who cares if the guy threw up a dunk? Who cares? Who cares if we won by five? I didn't get to play. It's all about me. Woe is me. We do that in our lives. When we, we find ourselves, and we, things become broken, we, we become just weighted down and broken. In all relationships, those six words, I'm sorry, I forgive you, are important for all of us. We have places in our lives where we need to say, I'm sorry. I've broken our relationship. We have places in our lives where we need to say, I forgive you. And let's move on together. There are places in our lives where we have to agree that maybe the relationship isn't reconcilable. And isn't something that should be healthy to try to keep together. And we have to move on and move forward. Don't let that guilt weigh you down either. Because sometimes in that remorse, we become so guilted that, that we're, we feel like a horrible person that that can bring us down even further. But here's the good news. Here, here is the good news for all of us. This is for everybody, no matter where we're at in life and in our journey of faith, that when we come to the altar and we lay whatever it is at the altar, God says, I got it. It's okay. And it stays there. Not to be held over you. Not to guilt you into anything. But as an act of love. Of a God who created us in his image. Who from the very day of your birth says. (laughs) I love you. I love you. I love you. And from the God when we say we're sorry. He says I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you, calls us to be better and to let go of that which keeps us from him. And when we do that, all of our relationships, for better or for worse, become a whole lot better because we become honest of who we are, about the mistakes we make, and about the challenge and change of growing forward and trying to be better. And when we give that to God, amazing things happen through us because we become a light and a beacon in this world. So my challenge for you this week, continue practicing forgiveness. Work on it. Look at your lives and ask yourself, where do you need to let go? 
What do you need to say you're sorry for? What do you need to say you're forgiven for? And let God have it. And that's the greatest gift of love that God gives to us. Because it becomes God's and we never see it again. Know that you're loved. I think you need to hear that. I think we all need to hear that. That you are loved. No matter where you're at in the journey. So continue working on forgiveness this week. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Year Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at TahlequahUMC.org.